Hi, I'm tactical communication skills expert Dan O'Connor, and today you're going to learn to use this holiday season as an opportunity to recreate your image and transform the relationship that you have with the whole world into a more respectful, loving one without playing any games, taking any crap, or kissing any ass. Hi, I'm tactical communication skills expert Dan O'Connor, and today you're going to learn how to use... Oh God, what's that smell? Oh, it smells like self-loathing with regret mixed... Oh my God, it's the holidays. They're coming. And today I'm going to give you the words that you can use to stop the cycle of horrible holidays and at the same time change the trajectory of your life forever. You know that mother-in-law that came over? You might have a few more gifts under the tree for you if you spent more time focused on your family instead of yourself. But what would I know? I've just been married for 50 years. (laughs) Followed by our uninvited but obligatory holiday guests of Christmas present who say things like, So you're saying you've never had an abortion? And just in case there were any leftovers that resembled dignity or pride, the perfect sister took time out of her perfect life to stop by with her perfect husband and her perfect children to illuminate my inadequacies like the North Star and who just with one simple holiday family newsletter shame us, everyone. You know what I'm talking about? So what do we need to do to change all of this? What do we really need so that we can make a big change? What we need are principles, tactics, and tools. That's what we need. Those are the three things that will help you achieve whatever your communication goal is. And I'd like to talk about a principle today that's going to help us through these holiday moments. Remember this principle, you can't cast out darkness with more darkness. That's one of the nine principles. There are principles that govern, you know, physics and ipso facto communication. There is no such thing as darkness. Darkness is not a thing. We have named it. You know, when there is no light, we call that darkness. The absence of light is darkness, but that's all it is. It's the absence of light. There is no thing. There is no substance. There is no darkness. It's just there is no light. But once we have light, light comes in and poof, there is no more darkness. You know, it's not like the two of them fight one another. And, you know, if there's a lot of darkness or if it's really strong darkness, well, then it can overcome the light. That's not true. (laughs) If there's darkness, once the light comes in, the darkness goes away. It cannot compete with light. But think about how often we do try and cast out darkness with more darkness. We speak words filled with lovelessness to people that we love, that we love. Think about that. And we think that we need to teach them a lesson. That's why we do it maybe, but you know, we have it backwards. The truth is I'm not here to teach lessons. I'm here to learn them, to learn lessons and then teach by example. That's the best we can do. We speak Words filled with lovelessness to people we love when we feel the need to defend ourselves because we think that we're under attack. But the truth is, in doing so, I only make myself appear weaker because another principle is we only defend what we believe to be vulnerable. That's it. We will speak words filled with lovelessness to people that we love when they have pushed us too far. And we believe, we actually believe, well, that's what you get. That's what you get. I said what I said because you said or did that first. And well, you know, that's what happens. My loveless words are the effects of your actions, and that's what you get. (laughs) You know, we think these crazy things. But wouldn't that be a nightmare? I mean, wouldn't that that be a nightmare if it were true that we were at the effect of our narcissistic mother-in-law's beliefs? Wouldn't it? I mean, if we were truly at the effect of our psychotic boss's words, or that we were really at the effect of anyone else's Lovelessness. Wouldn't that be just a nightmare? That'd be a nightmare. But I'd like you to say this out loud after me if you're able to. Okay, maybe you're not in a situation where you can actually speak this out loud. In which case, I'd like you to 
say it to yourself silently. But as soon as you can, I'd like you to say it out loud because it deserves to be voiced. Say this, I am not at the effect of anyone's beliefs. Repeat that. I am not at the effect of anyone's beliefs. And now repeat this. I am not at the effect of lovelessness. Say that. I am not at the effect of lovelessness. Now repeat this, and I'm going to ask you to repeat it a couple of times. My beliefs are the cause. My words are the effect. Say that again. My beliefs are the cause. My words are the effect. Say that again. My beliefs are the cause. My words are the effect. We tend to have cause and effect backwards. We tend to have it twisted. When that happens, we will never be able to learn the lessons when we're seeing it through a twisted lens. But cause and effect are really super important when it comes to communication. I must be able to recognize cause and effect and see it correctly. You know, we, we tend to have these important laws backwards. I tend to think that, well, what I'm saying to you in a moment of anger, that's the effect. You were the cause. It's because of what you said that I just said what I said. It's because of what you did. And that's just insanity. That's not true. My beliefs are always going to be the cause. My words and my actions are the effect. Let's not get that twisted. You can never be. It is an impossibility that you are the cause of anything I say and do. That is an impossibility. We just like to blame people because our ego doesn't want to take responsibility and say, yeah, that's who I thought I was at the moment. I thought I was in contention for and about to win the blue ribbon for the ugliest communicator in the office. And so I gave it my best shot. I tried, I tried, you know. And sometimes we need to remember that, you know, hey, wait a minute. Even though I believe that, you know, I'm going to say and do something right now because of what you're saying and doing, I have to remember, wait a minute, I have dominion here, not you. There are certain lines that we connect with and that resonate with us in movies. When things resonate with us, remember whether it's from a fairy tale, it could be from a Greek you know, mythology tale, it could be from the Bible, it could be from the Quran. When something strikes a chord with you and resonates, it's because there tends to be truth that's speaking to you. Truth, truth, truth. And it's saying, hey, here I am. And we recognize it. We know it again. And it's like seeing an old friend that we have been looking for but feel as though we lost them. And when truth speaks to us, listen. So that, that line in The Wizard of Oz, you have no power here, so be gone before someone drops a house on you too. That's truth speaking right there. We see a lot of things backwards. You know, we get a lot of things twisted and we forget who we are. And this is why you hear me talk a lot about a personal compass. In my courses, every single course that I talk about starts off with a personal compass because it's a tool to help us snap out of it in these slivers in time between event and response. These slivers in time between event and response, when somebody says to us and what we choose to say in return, it is in these slivers in time when we choose what to say that we're actually choosing our destiny. And if we get it wrong, <laughs> I mean, what happens if we get it wrong in these moments in time when we are there to choose? Because I want you to remember these are lessons. Just remember, when you are encountering a difficult person at the you know holiday table or at the office conference table, once you recognize, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, you kind of snap out of it and you think, oh, this is one of those moments here. This may be a, a, you know, a determining moment in my life because... You know, our life, when it's over, is really determined by the choices we made. And I'm here to make a choice at this moment. I can tell. I can smell it. What happens if we get it wrong? You know, if I believe that we're here to teach people lessons, if we believe that we must defend ourselves at all costs, if we believe that what we say and do is simply the effect of what others say and do, 
then our words will reflect those beliefs and we're doomed. You know, if, if you believe in the moment, I'm here reflecting what you just said and did. I'm going to react to that because you are the cause and I'm the effect. Well, you're doomed. You're doomed. You can't, you, you can, you can take it to the bank that you will be doomed. If that's the substance that you're working with here, and you're, you're looking externally for the substance of what you're about to say, the words, which are the form, your words will take form accordingly and they will reflect that thinking, you know, that I'm here as an effect of your thoughts and your belief systems and your words. The words will take form accordingly and the cycle will unfortunately continue because you'll be doomed to repeat that moment in time. <laughs> but the good news is, the good news is that if we don't get it right, if we do forget who we are in the moment, which is common, and we try to cast out darkness with more darkness, if we choose incorrectly, if we don't complete the assignment, we will be given the opportunity to choose again. So these problems that we're dealing with, these master teachers who appear to us disguised as difficult people, they will return to present us with the opportunity to choose again. It may seem like we have new issues with different people all the time, but we really don't. Most of the time, we simply fail to recognize that these are the same issues with the same people again and again and again. You know, the actors may be different. They might look like different people, but the roles remain the same. They are here to teach us our lessons. And if we don't get it right, if we don't choose correctly, that's why so often we feel as though, my God, get me off of this hamster wheel of horror. You know, I need, this is enough, enough. You know, enough is a big word. We'll talk about that later on. <laughs> but yesterday, the assignment might have appeared to us, might have appeared to you in the form of a sociopathic coworker. And today, the assignment might appear in the form of an apathetic spouse. You know, tomorrow might be a mother-in-law giving you advice on how to be more submissive wife who takes better care of her man. And she gives you this advice while she's snuffing out a Virginia Slim and her leftover mashed potatoes and gravy and then picks the pecan pie out of her teeth using one of the bone spurs that she just ripped off the leftover drumstick. You know what I mean? This woman... Ugh. I can't tell you in what form the assignments will appear to you. I just can't. But I can tell you that with 100% certainty, I can tell you what the lesson is. And the lesson is to remember who you are and speak words that reflect that and only that. That's the lesson. I don't know when it'll come to you. I don't know what the assignment is. I can tell you that's the lesson and only that. Remember, remember, remember who you are. And if you'd like to learn specifically about this sliver in time between event and response and how to develop and use a personal compass so that you will be more likely to remember who you are in these moments. You'll find more on that in the first few lessons of my flagship online communication skills training course, Step Out of the Shadows and Speak, which I'll be soon remaking, by the way. If you are already purchased it, I recommend, by the way, if you have not purchased it and you've been thinking about it, do it quick because I'm about to remake it and the price is going to go way up. But those who have already purchased it will get both the old version and the new version. They don't have to pay for the new version. It just comes you know, automatically. But VIP members get ready because now you'll be able to participate in those lessons every Friday and starting in November. So if you are a VIP member and you wanted to participate and ask your questions live and join in our events every Friday that'll be coming up in November, you'll be able to do that. So... Get ready. Mark your calendar. I don't know exactly what time, but it's going to be Friday afternoons. But I promised you the words during this lesson, so here they are. Here's a simple tactic that you can use to keep your cool and respond in a way that increases the likelihood that their behavior will stop, or at least stop being directed towards you. Because remember, we can't change other people, but we can train them how to treat us. I can train you that you're not going to get the rewards you're looking for with me. 
That might mean you'll go down the hallway and choose your you know, next victim. I can't help that. But I can decide whether or not I will be your next victim. And so I'm going to give you the words to help you decide that so that their behavior is at least not directed at you. And at the same time that you say things that will help increase those odds, those things will help reflect and honor who you are while also honoring everyone else at the same time. Okay, you ready? It's going to be good. I like this one a lot. And just for the holiday season, just like a miracle, this is perfect for the holiday season because remember that the acronym for this is G-I-F-T. It's a gift. G-I-F-T. Gratitude, intention, fail, tell. So when someone, for example, if that mother-in-law says to me something like, you know, I'm just saying, I think you spend, I think just think if you spend more time focused on your family instead of yourself, it'd show and you'd be better off. You'd all be better off. So I'm just saying. Remember, gratitude, intention, fail, tell. Now, I'll give you a tool that will help you remember this because you can't just hear it once and think you're going to remember it. But I want to start off with number one, that you're grateful for them because you should be. You should be. They're there to help you. So be grateful. There's one thing that you could be grateful for that they're doing right now. What is it? You know, if that mother-in-law, for example, is saying that she just thinks that if you were just better to her son and less selfish, maybe you'd be better off. She's being honest. That'll tell you. If somebody's telling you what they believe you're faults are, they're being honest. No one just makes that up. You know, even if people's intention is to hurt you, they're going to say things that they believe are true about your faults. Honesty is something that we should be grateful for. So even if it's coming from a source that's not really making us feel good, there should be something that you could be grateful for. I'm grateful for your honesty and straightforward communication. I appreciate how much you, you love your son. I admire your bravery. I admire your ability to speak your mind. Generally, when someone is pushing our buttons, it's because they're going to possess some quality that we do not, or we would be at least able to understand them. When we totally don't understand why this witch is sitting at our holiday table, that's when they're going to possess skills that we, if we were honest with ourselves, wish that we possessed. So I'm going to start off with recognizing and articulating some characteristic or something that you possess that I'm grateful for, something that you have now brought to the table or brought to my life that I'm grateful for, that I admire. And I'm grateful for your honesty and straightforward communication. Then I'm going to talk about what your intention is. Because remember that when somebody is attacking us, don't defend yourself. Don't do that. Don't do that. All you'll be doing is giving credibility to what they just said. Don't defend yourself. It's not about me. I'm going to turn the holiday tables on you. And this is going to be about you. I'm going to illuminate this battlefield. Because a lot of us, remember, we think that our job is to, let's say, choose our battles. Don't do that. Every battle you were given, you were given for a reason. You're supposed to work through that. Not rise above it. <laughs> you know, People think, well, I just tried to rise above it. Why would you rise above it? You, know, you were given it. Face it. Or people will say, I just put it in God's hand. Why? He put it in yours. Don't be rude. You don't want to rise above battles. You don't want to choose your battles. You want to instead, when a battle is presented, it's because there's something you're supposed to be learning there. They're giving you a gift. If you can't see it, illuminate the battlefield. Maybe you'll be able to see it. Don't try to cast more darkness on there. Illuminate it. Shed light. Remember, if you can illuminate that battlefield, things start to immediately change. Let's give everybody the benefit of the doubt because I'm not going to see that darkness. I'm just going to, I'm going to speak from and be a child of the light. So I'm going to say things like, you know, if my mother-in-law is saying something like that, I'm sure she is trying to be helpful. I'm sure she's trying to help my, maybe it's my husband or maybe it's her son, you know, or her daughter, whoever it is. But if your mother-in-law is saying things to you about how she believes you should behave, she's trying to be helpful. Take it to the bank. 
She's not just trying to make you miserable. So I might acknowledge that. And if your intention, I believe, is to be helpful or to somehow make a better life for your son, I might just say that, you know, while I'm sure you're trying to be helpful or while I'm sure you're saying this out of care or concern for your son. So now I've gotten the first two steps. You know, Marge, I'm grateful for your honesty and straightforward communication. And while I'm sure you're trying to be helpful, okay, I'm saying two things now. Now I'm going to the third thing. I'm going to tell you how I fail to see any path that this conversation could possibly take that will either result in being helpful to either you or me. Say that. Go back to what you believe they're trying to do and articulate how you fail to see how they're going to achieve that goal. You cannot imagine how it's going to actually contribute to whatever they're trying to do. So I'm going to say something again, such as I fail to see any way that this conversation could possibly do that. To put it all together, I admire your honesty and straightforward communication. And I know that you're just trying to be helpful and make my life and your son's life better. But I'm finding it hard to see how this conversation could help do either one of those things, you know, and be helpful to either you, me, or your son. Now I'm going to tell you what to do because we have to tell people how to start behaving. When somebody is doing or saying something that we're saying, hey, stop doing that, we must, as savvy communicators, tell them what to do instead. We have to do everything we possibly can that will increase the odds of people changing their behavior. I'll tell you what could be helpful, Marge. You clearing the table. What do you think about that? I'll tell you what could be helpful, Marge. You warming up the car outside so that when you all get into it to go, it'll be warm. What do you think about that? <laughs> you know, What do you think about that, Marge? I'm going to tell you if you're trying to be helpful. Well, here's what could be helpful. So to put it all together, I might say something such as, you know, Marge, Marge, I have to stop you there. I'm grateful for your honesty and straightforward communication. I am. And while I'm sure that you're just trying to be helpful, I fail to see how this conversation could take any path that would result in being helpful to either you or me or your son. So instead, I'll tell you what could be helpful. You clearing the table. What do you think about that, Marge? I'm saying, hey, I'm grateful for these characteristics that you're displaying right now. I'm assuming the best in you and for you. However, I'm telling you, this is difficult right now for me to see how you're going to be able to accomplish your goal. So I'm going to give you instead instruction and a suggestion on how you could do that. And notice how I'm keeping this all focused on you. I'm not defending myself and I'm going to accomplish the goal because that's not going to be fun for them at all. You're not taking the bait. You're not engaging with them. It's just like, let's say that a cousin were to say to you something like, so you're saying you've never had an abortion, <laughs> you know, and they know that you have because they were there and they're saying this now in front of your whole family. Let's say that you're voting for somebody who's anti-abortion and that's just your stance. You shouldn't have to defend it, especially not at the holiday table, but somebody asks you to do so and they say something like, so you're saying you've never had an abortion. You know, and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> remember, G-I-F-T. And I'm going to tell you how you can be more likely to remember the G-I-F-T in these moments. But it might sound something such as, you know, Brian, I'm grateful that you would take such an interest in my life. And although I'm sure that you're not trying to make me uncomfortable here at my own holiday table, gathered with my family here, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, what I'm doing in that moment, when I say to you, hey, I'm sure you're not trying to make me uncomfortable here at my own holiday table gathered with my family here celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. You know, say that, I were to say that. All I'm doing is narrating the scene. And remember, if you're somebody that has trouble finding the words in these situations, if you are somebody who tends to choke up and not have anything to say, remember, narrate the scene, narrate the scene, narrate the scene. Look around and you state what's going on. You know, hey, Brian, I'm surprised that 
you would take an interest in my life so much that you would bring this up here at the holiday table where my family and I are just trying to enjoy a joyous moment and celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. You know, all I'm doing is narrating what's going on here while I'm trying to think of the next step, which is fail. But I can't see how engaging with you on this issue will contribute to what otherwise would be such a lovely event. Let's say that, you know, we're at the Thanksgiving table. I might then tell you what to do by saying, however, I think it would be lovely if maybe the two of us could begin the tradition of saying what we're all grateful for this year. And I'd like to say, first of all, that I'm grateful for you, Brian, and everyone else here at this table, but especially you. What about you? What are you grateful for? And I'm turning the tables, I'm changing it, and I'm showing everybody there, hey, you know, we all already know what's going to come of this if we both engage in this issue. Nobody wants to see it, you know, except for some particularly sadistic relatives I may have. But if I can take something that's thrown at me like that and turn it around and say, you know what, I can see what you're attempting to do, but I'm not going to do it because I love you. And I'm going to state that and how grateful I am for you, but I'm just going to change the subject and I'm going to do it in a way that is so smooth and savvy. I mean, think about that. If somebody asks you, what are you saying? You never had an abortion, Molly? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you know, and you're at the holiday table and you say, well, you know, Dan, I'm so grateful that you would take an interest in my life and Although I'm sure you're not trying to make me feel uncomfortable or embarrass me here at the holiday table with my family, trying to enjoy a day that should be dedicated to giving thanks for what we have instead of what we do not have. I can't see how engaging with you or answering that question would contribute to what otherwise would be such a lovely event here with everybody. But I do know what would be lovely and what maybe the two of us could do to make it even more lovely. And that's saying what we're all grateful for. Why don't we start that right now? And I'd like to start by saying that I'm grateful for you, Dan. I'm grateful for you and everyone else at this table that you can make it here for this day where we give thanks for everything that we have. So what about you? What do you think? You know, I'm not even, I, there's, there's absolutely no way I'm going to answer a question like that or engage at my holiday table. Absolutely no way. Not happening. And every person who's there will remember that, will remember, oh my God, thank you so much for avoiding that moment where I would normally say, well, it's time for me to go, you know, or just sneak out of the room. You know, thank God there's somebody there who can redirect the conversation and make what would otherwise be a terrible moment into actually a lovely one. Like, you know, my know-it-all sister, my perfect, perfect sister. She might say something to me such as, well, you know, I've just been so busy with marketing his big promotion and little Dan being asked to join the gifted children's program at school and, you know, Mary getting into Harvard. I just didn't recognize what you were doing. What have you been doing? What have you been doing? If my perfect sister were there basically bragging to me and trying to make me feel bad about my lack of accomplishments while she's going on and on about hers, I might say something like, you know, Mary, I'm so glad that things are going so well for you. And sometimes if it appears as though I'm not, I want you to know that I am. And I also want you to know it's just hard for me sometimes to put my own ego aside when things aren't going so perfect for me in my life. And I act, if I'm going to be honest, like a jealous baby when I should just be celebrating your successes along with you because the truth of the matter is, Mary, I'm proud of you, and I'm proud to have a sister like you. And that's what I tell people when you're not around. I just sometimes think I might not tell you enough when you are around. So in this day, in the spirit of gratitude, I'm going to tell you that, okay? Now, if you were to tell people that, that, you know, hey, instead of me saying to you something that is coming from pure ego, that's going to try to get you to realize, stop being such a braggy braggerson. I don't want to hear it. My life kind of sucks right now. If instead I recognize what the truth of the matter is and decide to put that on display and tell you that, you know, come what may, put my ego totally aside and just tell you, 
you know, the truth of the matter is I'm glad that things are going so well for you. But sometimes it looks like I don't feel that way. And I'd like you to know that I do. It's just hard for me sometimes to put my own ego aside because I don't have what people would consider to be a perfect life. And when I compare myself to you, I act like a baby, but I should be celebrating your successes along with you because that's the truth is that I'm proud of you. And I'm proud to have you as my sister and be able to tell people that you're my sister. And sometimes I, when I don't feel so proud of myself, I can feel proud to be your brother. Did you know that? You know, that might change the relationship that you have with somebody in an instant. Why? Because you chose to come to it from a different angle and speak words coming from love. And there's nothing that we have to say that we can't say in a loving way. When you do, when you come from source is what you're doing there. When you're speaking, using the spirit and the power and the words really that are in you, but not of you. You know, you're, you're coming from the most basic level of just love. That's the truth. I'm just going to speak it, come what may. That is when you are drawing from creation as your source, not something that's an illusion. You know, I'm not drawing from ego. I'm not drawing from anger. I'm not drawing from jealousy. I'm not drawing from anything other than truth. That's it. Truth. Creation. When you can do that, you can transform relationships so quickly and so easily that you might drop to your knees because of what you just witnessed and how powerful it is when you realize, oh my, oh my God, that's what creates miracles. You see things from a different perspective, but that's for a different lesson. Remember the gift. I'm grateful for whatever it is that I'm witnessing right now. And I believe that your intention is X, Y, Z. However, I fail to see how you're going to accomplish that. So I'm going to tell you what to do instead. G-I-F-T. Remember that. G-I-F-T. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning, there's still one piece of the puzzle that's missing with these tactics because these are great tactics and they will serve you beautifully if you use them. But sometimes we forget to use them because in the moment, again, we are drawn out of the place where these tactics live. So the tools, remember I talked at the beginning, there's principle tactics tools. And that part of the puzzle that's missing still, the tools, you know, you could decide on your holiday table to take a couple of little Christmas balls that you put on the tree and write G on one, I on another, F on another, T on another, and have those in front of you as a visual reminder. Because remember, visual cues are key. You, you could have a pretty Christmas visual reminder that you put on the wall and it will be disguised and no one will even see what it is. You need to have visual cues. What I use and what I recommend everyone uses in my courses are flashcards. And I'm going to give you those flashcards and other tools that you can use so that you can actually use these tactics when you need them. You can download those free and the link that I have in the description to this, if you can't see a description, go to danoconnortraining.com and you can go to the podcast section and you will see the tools for every podcast listed there. If you have those tools that will help you remember these tactics, once you have those and you practice these tactics and you have the right principles, there's no stopping you. You will have a delightful, delightful holiday season. Delightful. And I hope you remember me and stop back for many more because we will be having many more episodes before the holidays come. I'm so grateful for your support up until this point. So thank you so much for that. And remember that I usually run some type of holiday special if you have not yet become a VIP and you would like to become a VIP member so that you can get all of my training and all of my courses for free from now on. Do that. Go to danoconnortraining.com and check out our store. And if you wanted to support this teaching and just have a little bit to do so, Step by my Patreon page. I'll put a link in the description below. And you can support this teaching and what we do here at Dan O'Connor Training for just five bucks a month. You know, simple. 
So if you'd like to do that, stop by my Patreon page. I would really appreciate that. And remember to subscribe to this podcast. For everyone here at Dan O'Connor Training, this is Dan O'Connor, wishing you a very merry holiday season. Remember, this was just a clip. To check out the whole podcast, go to danoconnortraining.com or click in the link in the description below. And I hope that wherever you are, you're with people that you love and you tell them that.